And welcome. It is a Tuesday night on Thanksgiving week. I'm Graham Coffey. That's John Smith. That's Josh Hancher. We are here to talk a little Georgia-Kentucky film review, look ahead a little bit to Georgia Tech, and maybe discuss some college football playoff rankings and great of all time. How are you guys this evening? I'm doing great. I'm ready to watch football and uh, eat until I can't eat anymore, pass out, watch a little more football, eat till I can't eat anymore. It's going to be that yeah. great. Uh, that kind of that, week. that egg bowl second quarter nap <clears throat> followed by a piece of pecan pie is really one of the best parts of my year if we're being honest. Man, I don't know if I want to watch Lane's last game at Ole Miss. I uh, do. Yeah, on a <laughs> we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> Is it Lane's last game at Ole Miss? That's a whole other topic that Graham didn't even mention in the opening. So I mean I I got I like I'm very tempted to just go ahead and take Mississippi State in the points with, with the way things have been going in Oxford this week. I mean yeah. That Saturday, if Saturday was any indication, if if Lane is still as distracted as he was when his team uh, had 700 yards of offense and still only scored 26 points, then may want to roll with Mike Leach. Well, yeah, and also getting down like 28 nothing, I think, or something, 28-3 maybe to Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To, to borrow for a line from Coach Colquitt, if he pits down his leg, they may just fire him, regardless <laughs> if he's going to Auburn or not. Uh, yeah. Cool. That would be awesome, actually, if Ole Miss just like was like that, like spiteful, like high school girlfriend that like knows the end is coming and is just like, or boyfriend for that matter. But you know, uh, that person in a relationship that knows, you know, the end is coming, they can kind of see the signs. So they just go ahead and hit the ripcord first. Like, no, I broke up with you. You didn't break up with me. <laughs> you can't. You can't fire me. I quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Listen, if Lane is getting if Lane is getting waxed at halftime of the Egg Ball and he's going to Auburn, he may just he may just quit. Like, just yeah. don't. If they had a tarmac in one of those towns, me could get fired. On it. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to go. You got to go a good ways to get tarmacked in anywhere you in Mississippi. Get, yeah, you got to get bus stopped if you're in Starkville <laughs> or Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, Initial thoughts on the Kentucky game. I mean, oh. we, I know Graham, you're you did another killer job with the 12 takeaways, and that was a deep dive um Thanks. into it, of course, as always. So I guess John, it's John, what was hit us up with some of your quick thoughts before we get into the rewatch here. Yeah, I mean it was, you know, it's a it's a classic. Um we We've said this a couple times this year, and I don't want it to become a cliche because it is really true. Uh, it's a classic, you know, Kirby Smart kind of football game. I think, you know, Kirby Smart, um, uh, I really believe that he has some of these games where Georgia has everything in fr ahead of them. Georgia has everything in front of them. You want to go and you want to play and uh, a, a type of game where you know you're going to have limited possessions you want to stay healthy. You know that that their offense is likely not going to score on your defense, um, and so I think Georgia played that type of game. And uh, I don't, I don't think that there's 
anything necessarily to be concerned about. I think there was a lot of, of sloppy play that we'll talk about as we get into the film. But at the end of the day, this really came down to Kirby Smart was going to play a Kirby Smart kind of football game um, and was perfectly happy winning that game 16-6 to and staying relatively healthy. Um, even when you look at the snap count, you had guys that – would normally be in the rotation um, that were in Lexington that didn't get in the game. Um, and that wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't because of, um, it wasn't because of, you know, it was a very intentional move for some of those guys not to get in the game. Um, it was an opportunity for them to stay healthy. It was an opportunity to rotate in some other guys and, and, and play. And uh, so that's my takeaway was, Classic Kirby Smart uh, late November football game versus Kentucky. I got to be yeah. honest. It was a little a little disconcerting to see the offense just again kind of just yeah. turtle a little bit. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to press the panic button or tell you that this is the offense that we're going to see in a couple weeks in Atlanta and going forward. Uh, but it's always nice to see that, you know, when they just got it going it's just it's just fun to watch you know yeah, well i mean we saw it last week right like you saw it <clears throat> just a week ago versus mississippi state um again what it wasn't it it wasn't a complete offensive output but you saw it just a week ago versus mississippi state where the offense was doing uh what they wanted to through the air and this is just the opposite but i i do agree with you josh that there are times where you know i mean you're the number one team in the country go out like Please, can you not put 30 on Kentucky and let's <laughs> let's go home, you know? Uh, 16 did feel a little low. Yeah, they threw yeah. the ball four four times in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they ran the ball uh, 30 times in the second and third quarters mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, five and a half yards, you know, and pretty good success rate. And you'll see when we get into the games, you'll see some good runs. And then I know some situational stuff with the runs and inside the red zone were uh, – not good, but um, they they did some things well. Like, yeah, it just seems like this is they knew what they needed to do and they did it, and they got on the bus and got out of there with a got out of there with a win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that like I don't know. I do have some theory that's in Bennett and wind games. You know, going back to to twenty twenty, like if the wind is is gusting like it was in Lexington on Saturday. Uh, he's had some issues in that environment in the past. I mean, last year's Florida game being maybe the most notable example where, you know, when they were going one way, he was overthrowing a lot of balls. When he, they were going the other way, he was underthrowing a lot of balls. Um, so there might be something to that. I do think it sends the wrong message when – you know, you've been a pass first offense all year who's been very intentional about being explosive through the air and you have an interception on the first possession of the second half and you basically like shut down the offense because it, it, it almost looks like you don't trust your your sixth year, you know, twenty five year old quarterback to to run things and maybe you don't have to throw the ball, but like I do. I don't love the like the the idea behind it of like, well, we can kind of just be explosive whenever we choose to be. Like, I think you know, if you're an offense, 
most offensive coaches and people would tell you like rhythm matters. And, you know, I, I just hope that you don't look back on that game at the end of this weekend or next weekend and say like, you know, this Georgia offense was moving along very well. And then they kind of hit this, this weird game against Kentucky and really find their rhythm again after that. Um, but to be determined. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, talk through it as we watch. What do you say? Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I thought this opening series, right, like is kind of indicative of the, the whole day. Like you, you should hold them to a three and out. You know, you, you play really good run defense all day. Like this is awesome work by Dumas Johnson. I thought the defensive line looked really good, especially against the run um, pass rush. Not so much at times, but like it's the run. They were great. And Kentucky's a good run team. Um, you know, good job there by Carter pinching down. Like you get to third down. And I don't even remember what the penalty was at this point, but you have a stupid penalty to keep the drive alive, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry, you don't. You just have this play where Ringo yeah, never plays the ball Ringo. and doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't turn around and <clears throat> like. I thought that, like the way these first two defensive drives kind of went, where Kentucky had the ball for forever. Mm-hmm. I think that also like kind of influence some of the conservative nature of Georgia's play calling. Cause mm-hmm. it, you know, instead of starting the game with the ball, basically at, at midfield, like Kentucky's flipped the field on you. And then I think on the next drive, you're going to have a hands to the face on a third and 18 that, yep. you know, wipes out a punt. So yeah, it's just, it, it really kind of screwed up the game flow from the start. If you want to play like aggressive offense and jump on top of somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they threw it 10 times in the first three quarters and 20 in the fourth. So they were definitely had a mindset of controlling the clock and run the ball and take the yards however however hard fought they were going to get and, you know, pass when they needed to. And that's sort of kind of what you want uh, a game script to be like if you're this Georgia defense. But they, they, like you said, they made mistakes and they didn't make a whole lot of great plays. And Ringo certainly made an awesome play we're going to see in the first half on an interception, I believe it's in the first half, but you know, these yeah. third down conversions, they, they, they played, I think they played as good as they could and they still really never really were in doubt of upsetting us. I mean, it, it's easy to say. No. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, and you're, again, you know, we've talked about it. You're going to take the, you're going to get every team's best shot. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that they were looking ahead last week, losing to Vanderbilt, that to, but, but yeah. you know, you're not going to get the Vanderbilt for performance when you're the number one team in the country and then the defending national champions coming to your, yeah. to, to come to your house at three 30 for a CBS game. It was interesting on some of these early series <clears throat> when I was talking about rotations um, a few minutes ago, like on that, the couple of plays ago, you had Ryan Davis and Tresman Marshall in there. Right. And so there was, <clears throat> there was yeah. some intentional personnel that was being played, um, that I do think ended up extending some of these drives. Um, but it was, it's really, really interesting to see like, yeah, in this case you got Ryan Davis and, and Tresman Marshall Tresman just gets beat. But uh, I think there was a lot of intentionality about, uh, who was being played on, um, on Saturday. 
And I think that did yeah, too. yeah. I, I mean, I think you know we've kind of seen that this year yep. in a lot of games, right? Like the Kent State game where everybody was sounding the alarm about Georgia giving up twenty-two. <laughs> it's like, well, how many times has Bill Norton been in on third and three in the red zone over the last four years? You know, not nothing wrong with Bill Norton, great oh. kid, you know, all that. But it's just like it's it's not you know, mm-hmm. not your normal like right. first team defensive line rotation and man i i think you know let's like i I don't want to be too hard on kirby here but like nobody like someone tweeted at me at halftime of like this is a six nothing game georgia better get their stuff together they're gonna lose or whatever and like someone in the responses was like dude nobody loves this six nothing halftime game more than kirby smart like 100 like he's absolutely loving every second of this right now. Like there's nothing to be worried about, which is probably true. Um, but it still is one of those things where you're just kind of like, uh, you know, is this necessary? <laughs> like, right. No, right. it's not. You know, right. this was a great, I mean, this was a great stand here, third and one, and you have yeah. your first team, your f- you know, your first team front seven in exactly. and, and they get a stop. Yeah. Yeah, and you saw I Michael played a really good game. You saw him there, just yeah. 13, jumping that gap. Yeah, and that's what was happening, right? You would get to these money down situations, and you would see that first team that you would expect to be in there on the defensive side of the ball, and they would stop Kentucky um, most of the game. And so I think, you know, just something to point out. If I can nerd out for a second, this is exactly the type of game where – you look at the explosives rate, and I haven't really talked a lot about explosive plays this year, but primarily talking about, you know, success rate and yards per play and EPA. But this is one of those things because their success rate was quite was pretty low, but they did have some big plays. They're explosive, they probably beat Georgia decisively in the explosiveness rating. And that, that goes to show you it's like how good are your good plays? Well, they're they didn't have a lot of good plays, but they were really good. And that's honestly how they stayed in the game, especially if they're a ball control offense and you make a few good plays. But they, you know, the red zone defense was 11% success rate allowed and versus Kentucky. So they clamped down on you. And, and you talk about money downs, you talk about money zone. Yeah. I mean, that's where Georgia's defense eats is they just clamp down on you and stuff. And even, even the touchdown they got was on fourth down. So I tell you right there, a 25% success rate, even on their, their scoring down, it takes a lot of plays. And, uh, you know, you got to like that as a Georgia fan. I mean, I was just, I was can enjoying we, the defense. Can we back? Yeah. How many plays? Up to, uh, just the Darnell throw. Just the the play right so me, here, sorry. I think. Is this it? Either first or second down. I can't remember. It's the next one. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a touchdown. Or no. Darnell's not on the field for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's this one coming up right here. Um, I don't know. A lot of people were talking about this and like, I, I will be the first to say, uh, Stetson has a weird penchant mm. for only overthrowing the biggest dude on the field. Um, <laughs> that said, like, if you look at what the coverage is doing here, all right, the safety's dropped out. It's Darnell on a linebacker, like, as in Todd Mockin's read-based offense on this wheel route, I mean, Darnell should be running, like, full speed upfield to where, you know, in the neighborhood of where that ball lands because 
by the time he catches it up there, if he's running and outrunning that linebacker, like that's probably a touchdown because he's going to be one-on-one in the open field of the safety and he's either going to truck stick him or hurdle him. But um, I, I don't know. Those two keep doing this where one of them reads something and the other one reads the other thing. And, you know, you had it the game before at Mississippi state where you missed a touchdown. Uh, and it's 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 a little frustrating to watch because like Darnell Washington is such a weapon, and I, you know I, somehow defenses continue to leave the biggest dude on the field open. Like they don't, you know, he slips out and he's got all that green space. But um, I will say, in fairness to Stetson, like he's done this thing a lot lately, where you know Darnell has, where like he basically you know, cuts his route at the wrong spot or doesn't cut it at the right spot or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like that that play was a big topic of conversation on social media. Uh, really good run from Dejan right there, man. Like that little lean, find the hole. Yeah, you kept thinking as many good runs as they had like that, that they were going to really start taking over. And just they did. They had a bunch of good runs, and then they just – they, they kind of – Got shut it's down because the game's so one-dimensional. Yeah. Like, by the way, I mean, the, we'll talk about it when we get to the second half. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, the explosives and rating for the game was one point two two for Kentucky, and Georgia was point eight seven. So that was by an explosiveness factor. Yeah, Kentucky was much better on the bigger plays, like a third better, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. On the on the four big plays i think they were <laughs> having the entire game it felt well, like you're 30 yeah let's see 36 percent success rate in yeah. 60 plays so yeah yeah like 12 so, or 15 successful right plays. yeah I was, I was yeah nobody four yeah that's good call yeah. good math good math sir Did anybody yeah. open there on that last play like yeah yeah right here like we're gonna see the reverse angle too but yeah like i don't see no. anyone Open. Nope. Nobody. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, take – maybe Stetson can choose to run a little bit differently than he did. I don't know. It, yeah, Kentucky's sometimes it fitted it pretty well. Yeah. You, know. you, you live to fight another day with that play. You know, that's one of those where if he forces it in there, he gets – you know, we're going to criticize him for making a Stetson yeah. throw. And it's like – yeah, sure. You can't you can't tuck and run every play because this happens too. You know, it's like it's a good defense. Right. You know, Kirby talked about it. Yeah, Again, I mean, everyone's there's covered. Nothing everyone's covered there too. Yeah, nothing really. I mean, I don't know. Brock working back. Well, no, they they got that defender working back towards them from the K in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. I thought that was kind of a story of this game as well. Like Georgia didn't pass very much, but even when they did, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, that Darnell throw, that's that's why I think that that mistake is magnified even more, you know, later on knowing how the game went because there just wasn't really any other time in the game where somebody was that open. Yeah. Yeah, and they played a, a good defensive game. Graham, I like what you said, you know, sort of it, it's not a great look when you see, you know, that interception to start the second half, we're going to see it a little bit and the offense just, you know, goes in its turtle shell. I'm going to use that a lot tonight, I guess, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but, it. you know, but, you know, and also the one big, one of the few big pass plays we had was like, could have been a 
pick six the other way. Pick six. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but I mean, that that's right there from Levis. Like that could have been a pick six. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's some there are times where like you just gotta trust your quarterback to to rip it if he thinks he can. And clearly thought he could. Dude, Kamari Lasseter so like, good. on those screens. Yeah, like like would not be blocked. I love how he like basically like faked out the yeah. <laughs> 84 there for Kentucky. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I did think like that. You know, you go back and look at the stats from this game. Um, pretty much all of Kentucky's most successful runs, or you know, seventy-five percent of them were Levis. Like I, I thought they could have run him a little more. I know that broadcast was talking about the toe injury, but he did run yeah. some in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, this is your season, you know. I mean, yeah, especially with as close as the game was, uh, I did feel like Georgia, Kentucky, you know, they went in their shell a little bit too. Um, they did at times. Yeah. Playing not to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would, I would too if I was Mark Stoops and knew I was going to get that extension the next day. <laughs> like, just, just keep, already it signed it. keep it close. I know. Uh, yeah that that's a play you'd like to miss johnson to yeah. Make. yeah um third down third and long like that's a big part of kirby's defensive system is not allowing quarterbacks if, if they're gonna run on you not letting them run straight yeah and levis was able to do that yeah and it, it was interesting pick coming up right here yeah, I, think this is it. I think it is it is a hell of a play yeah, I just you know, no, it's not. No, it's the yeah, it's the next one. One That's of the hell of a play too, but you know, yeah. Just... Well, the the physicality was, uh, you know, Kirby talks about it with Kentucky all the time. But here's here's the pick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, David Daniel in the game there as well at safety, which is not the norm, right? Like he hasn't played a ton this year, especially in moments like that. And in the second quarter, you, you've got him at safety. You got Starks rolled up. That I mean, star. Yeah. yeah. Star. And, and I mean, Daniel's in perfect position. Like, I mean, like he gets across there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if that throw is on target, I don't know if he makes the play, but he's gonna have a chance to like, like yeah. he's, Playing cover two perfectly from a safety standpoint, like it's well. This you know. call me crazy. I'm not an X and O's guys, but the this is similar to the and a little closer to the end zone. I think the Tennessee was at the forty when they mm-hmm. threw at him, and it's the same kind of thing. It's like they're gonna go at Ringo, like you know we've yeah. and um, I think Ringo's. I, I mean, he's always gonna be one of my favorite dogs. I mean, we've talked about some of his mistimed jumps, getting beat, not. You know, earlier in the game, he gave it the big play on third down, but it's like they're going to challenge him. So if th- this kid, mm-hmm. you know, like he might cost us the game, but man, he's he might win us one too. And if they, I, I I'm pretty comfortable they're going to throw at him. You know, if that's yeah, you know, yeah. And you're going to keep seeing that. I think in the Tennessee game, it was definitely uh, press man on that boundary. He didn't have help over the top like he had with the safety right there. So I think that was, you know, Will Levis just trying to force something, but. um but you are going to see him throw at Ringo, and I don't, I don't blame him. And that's not, you know, 
like is that a compliment to Lasseter as much as it is as a dig at at uh at Ringo or <laughs> well it so should Jordan, be it should I be, mean Lasseter's yeah. been so good yeah. but I think I think it's, it's just, oh and, and Ringo's probably is is, is Ringo moving across the field to get the number one guy or is he playing one side he's playing one side one side one yeah side. so so that's it's more that than it is anything else so Georgia their their corners are going to play a side and typically Ringo is going to be just because of the nature of the scheme. A lot of times he's going to be on that Island over there. And so you're just going to get more balls thrown that way. Yeah. We should talk about that was a good decision by Stetson. Uh, good throw on the run. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is another one where like, Ooh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's probably good for him to not try to make that throw to Brock, but you could, if you put it on the back pylon, that's probably a touchdown. But like those are also the plays that we'd yell at him to take what they give you. Yeah, <laughs> little sidearms, <laughs> little just flip out there to. Yeah, it seemed like we were, we were first, first and goal at the nine and ten a lot in this game too, which is that is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just you know I thought like they they ran the ball really well all the way down the field until they didn't. Um, you know, I, I I did think that uh, Devin Willick played a really, really nice football game on Saturday uh, in at right guard for Ratledge, 77, and for 69. Um, like, played well enough there that I think there's an argument to maybe continue seeing how that goes. But, I mean, here, okay, yeah. third and goal. Where's that going to go? Other, I mean, like that's a tough throw to McConkey from the opposite hash with the field that flattened out and that corner playing that flat. Like that can easily turn into a pick six. You see the corner jumping it. Um, yeah, it's just there's, there's nobody open, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I I do feel like, and this is although you, know, you do have Barnell, I feel like Lad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. That's what I don't understand. Again. There's a lot of reasons why this happens, but you got a six seven guy over there in one on one man coverage. Like, just can we just throw the ball up just a couple see times? See what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. I uh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of people kind of like criticizing Stetson for not going over there, but like I, I don't know what the play call is. You know what I mean? Like that. Well, that that's probably not that the, play call the read. Yeah, no, the read was clearly – it was a pick play. I mean, yeah. so it's clearly lad. It's, you know, that's – Georgia got That's why you run man. that pick play. Cause, yeah, because that's where you're going. That's why you run those picks. So uh, – Oh, man, this was – Every time I see Brock catch a screen, I get really excited. I thought that was going to pop. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, Georgia really, like – I mean, like, like the offensive line was back back like you know in their in their groove though and Marius Mims played really well uh wasn't on the field a ton but when he was at right tackle he was moving folks Josh that was a play that you had kind of pointed out on Twitter yeah and it was a play that was similar you know to the third down play in the Mississippi State game uh, you know, different scenario. We were third and three there. We're first and ten here, and it's a just he 
kind of underthrew it, but you know, Dom could have made a play, and like you said, he threw overthrew it on that one. I and I that actually was. went and dug back, and I only can find another one other instance where they played something similar charting wise, and that was in a dude. This uh, is a yeah, run. good run. It was an 18 yard pass play to that was to uh, McConkey. So maybe they're just still trying to find out situational plays. Maybe you know, I don't know. But wait, wait, go back to that. Do we have that full reverse angle? I think so. You told me to go back. So yeah, I stopped it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll play after this. Look at Willick, though. I mean, like, Brock gets, like, basically a pancake block coming through here, and then Willick, 77, does a perfect job of turning – I think it's a linebacker – turning him out mm -hmm. of the hole. And you've got mm -hmm. Blaylock up at the second level and McConkey out there. Like, not only is your offensive line mashing ass right there, but, like – all your skill players are as well. And yeah, here Bowers, look at him take this dude and yeah. straight pummel him into the dirt. Number 23. Yeah, look at Dom. yeah Dom yeah, Dom springs it. And yep. He's well, I mean springs it, but he certainly well could but but Kenny McIntosh doing like that hesitation in the hole. I, I think those are the little things that are underrated when you think I mean, you know, that's that's what made DeAndre Swift so good. That's what made mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of those good backs that have come through Georgia, Kenny McIntosh was definitely in that zone with timing this game where uh, it, that's something you just got to feel out. And and he was, he was really patient. Yeah. Big time. I mean, I think that's what the shame of this game was for me in the second half is like as well as that run game was working, if Georgia had just stayed – not even like pass heavy by any stretch, but like just like just threatened to throw the ball, you know, against nine and ten man boxes. Like, A, there should have been some plays downfield to be made, but B, it would have allowed that run game to, I think, continue humming the way that it was for the first three quarters. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a nice, that's a nice throw there, throw and catch. To extend yeah. the drive and give you a chance to kick yet another. Throws me not getting out of bounds there hurt mm. a lot. Yeah, and it's not really his fault necessarily. Like I mean, it's kind of just what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, at that point, like the yards are less important than the time. Yeah, yeah I that, thought was that was almost. Like Really nice. I thought that, I thought it was a catch in live. I at least deserved reviewing, which they didn't even review it. And that and, and like I don't think I, I don't think I did the uh, the replay on this, but you know this is also oh, sorry. This is third quarter. Sorry. Here we go. And then this is a situation where it feels like you know Brock kind of should have gone to the stick, right? I mean. I get, I don't even know really because like there's so little time left in the half that it doesn't matter you know like so. you got to kick after that either way but um, I mean Man, Danielson as annoying as he is he was right that like technically his forward progress is stopped before he's out of bounds and that yeah. should be a winding clock and in, in the oh yeah oh well yeah it's Having the rest on your side doesn't suck. I'm just saying. I wouldn't go quite that far, but you're, <laughs> you're right. I mean, yeah, here's like another, you know, 
like we talked a lot last week about the zone versus gap where you know georgia ran i think 23 zone and six gap against uh mississippi state and then this week it was like yeah. 20 and 21 like perfect mm-hmm. gap to zone split but uh you look at a lot of these plays that were explosive runs it's it's gap scheme that's a gap scheme play right there that's like this type of play like i just in the fourth quarter when we were slamming our head against the wall over and over and over again like just watching georgia like bash into giant lines i just like pitch it do something outside all right so let's talk about this because i i mean i like the uh it's a bad decision, but if you're lad and you're gonna you're gonna open your pads to your quarterback, right. you cannot give up Here. on this right. Yeah, yeah, right there where he turns inside, like yeah. that's that's Stetson's signal to release the ball, and yep. you know, and, yeah. and I mean the other thing too is like okay, it's double coverage, or I mean it's cover too. There's a safety in there. You yeah. know, the two giant bombs that Kentucky hit in the fourth quarter, both against cover two. Like, if Ladd yeah. is going to be number one wide receiver on an SEC team or on a national championship contender, like, yeah. you know, well, there's got to be times where you expect him yeah. to go and make that yeah. play a graphic. And- yeah. And you can see it there if you rewind it just a little bit, Josh. Like, right here, that he's showing his right pads. There. Stetson still has the ball in his hand. And then – winds up and lad for whatever reason just stops like he turns his head stops turns it back the other way um yeah it doesn't make any sense and lad has also got that defensive back like beat to the inside like just keep going so you know he should be going inside where the ball is basically another stud play by Lassiter against the screen absolute monster yeah, this one I believe we they give up the. Do we give it up here or we make a punt? Yeah, no, I think they punt. punt. Yeah. yeah, and then you you go and run the ball all the way down the field. <laughs> yeah, gap play right there. Another gap play, and this was great to see Kendall Milton have like a feature drive for the first time, and I'm not sure how long. Um, yeah, you got Truss and Broderick coming around. Nice hole. Like, it's really pretty to watch those guys do that dance when it's working right. Yeah. I thought Kendall was running well. So yeah, he looks good. healthy for the first time all year. Yeah, he does. Get that seal, man. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. Yeah, you know. I'm sure that they Levis has got plenty of of tape that they'll put at the draft. But you know, my little favorite thing I've heard, I think it was Thamel or whatever, talked about he went and interviewed NFL scouts in the in the Cam Newton draft, and he, you know, Cam only had that one year and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> "Who are you going to take?" Blah blah blah. And he's like, Cam Newton had seven snaps that they felt like passing the ball, like that were. NFL quality, like you can actually make a judgment on seven his entire year versus it. So this is a game that they might show 
Levis against, you know, this is a, a better defense than he's faced all year, but they're not going to show that. They're going to show the, the, the chunk cheesy plays that he played all year, but it was interesting to see. He did have a good game against a good defense. Uh, it wasn't a great game, but he certainly kept a minute and stuff, but um, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of Levis is one of those talking points on Twitter right now, but he, he, you know, maybe maybe if they played to win the game a little more and he ran the ball and he run the ball a little more, maybe they they get make it closer. But sorry, I'm talking over all this. The only oh, you're good. We score. You're good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, this is sweet. It is in Brock. Does you know that that little action from Stetson yeah. and Brock? Both you know, because I mean, Georgia runs this play action all the time where they put the tight end on mm-hmm. the little drag route into the flat and Stetson rolls, right. You know, you see him flip it to Bowers all the time. So the like, will it get that upfield take? Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Well, so but that everybody, action though is really good at freezing that yeah. linebackers for Kentucky. Everybody's going that way for that drag route. And then will it gets up on that second level. That's easy right there. Easy money. Yeah. And Kentucky's defensive line is not awful. Mm-mm. Yeah, see, I didn't like like that's a nice first down, six yard run from Kentucky. Yeah. Running Levis worked for them. Um, so we're about to hit the portion of this highlight where you know I I'm getting a little tired of Chaz Chambliss, guys. To be honest, yeah. Um, there. Listen, at the at the end of the day, you got to do something well. You can't just take up space, and and man, it's a it's a it's it's Georgia is at the level where it's very clear when you're not you're not doing anything, like you're just taking up space, and that is <laughs> that is what seems to be happening most of the time, and that's a very harsh critique, but that's just true. I'm like, this dude is just taking up space. It's always doing well, and it's like he's not even taking up the right space. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, exactly. You're literally just taking up a spot on the field. Um, you're not doing any of that. You're not even taking up space well. I mean, God, I could take up space out there. Come on. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. Just go go get the savage pads, hang out there, and slam them on somebody and get in the shot. Oh, here's their man. Oh, hey, here's their. I'm pushing the weight class right now after between COVID and the holidays that I can get out there and we could we could make something happen. <laughs> No, no, I was saying that Chambliss could be the guy that's in charge of putting them on somebody oh, else. Putting them on, okay. I thought you were telling oh. me to put on this pads. And that get them was away. poorly, poorly, poorly executed joke. But don't tip me, Josh. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah. Let him stand on the. Let him stand on the on the uh, bench holding the pads and waiting Hold. to celebrate. That'd be great. So this this uh this is that play to play lock, but uh, it's an interesting formation. Look at him, kind of like it's not a true tight bunch because there's only two of them there like it's it's the late throw by stetson he tries to pump this dude off but pump him <laughs> yeah it's close yeah but it's nice but i mean it's also get... i don't know if it's that close you know what i mean let's see see when he breaks on it <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> See, one of our guys might take, you know, 
Nolan, not Nolan, but yeah, maybe Nolan would take it to the house. That's a know. good angle. Uh, uh, it's not that. That bad. angle is not as good as the uh, the you know that all twenty two type thing, but who cares? Yeah, it was a good play. We'll take it. I mean, it worked out for him. You know, I mean, how else are we going to go give it up at the one yard line without that play? More gap scheme this time. Not great, but you know, I mean, like I, Georgia. At this point in the game, still is not punted. We're late third quarter, and they they were moving the ball fine before the interception on the first drive of the second half. Like they moved the ball all day long until the end, until the fourth quarter when they just shut everything down. But I mean, like this is an incredible run by McIntosh. Like, oh boys, (laughs) oh god, here we come. This this is yeah. This is where popcorn meme. Yeah, this is where I wanted to throw up for a couple reasons. Number one, I had Georgia 22 and a half in a season. <laughs> I do. Uh, you... <laughs> All right, so you're you're down here. It's third and goal. You fullback it, and you don't follow your fullback. And, you know, uh, shout out to our friend, or maybe my friend, Salt, on Twitter. Yeah. Big Salt. But I, I was in a – chat with him the other day and he was talking about our guards and he's right like we've got six seven guards yeah and they aren't getting lower than the guy across from them in these situations this is all straight low man wins like Broderick jones and darnell washington and bowers are doing their job or yeah look for narrative is getting dumped like yeah yeah no erickson erickson um goes Almost straight up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he could definitely go for a ride, but his his leverage, like he lost all leverage immediately. Um, and this, um, this this play, that. honestly, like if Kendall Milton keeps his head up, this is a touchdown. Like all he has to do is follow. Yeah, follow Jalen. Like he puts his eyes to the ground and he tries to lean into, you know. N- 1200 pounds of humanity and it doesn't work still you're and, like you know, right, thing too, one other thing i want to say about this it's 16 nothing and i'm all for the principle of going for fourth and short and believing in your guys but if you want to play the rest of the game like you know, like wave the white flag you know run the ball up the middle three times and punt then you should have taken the field goal and made it a three possession game Correct. and not have to kept putting your starters out there on defense to, to end it. There's all right. Look at Chambliss on this, man. Let's, let's rewind. Like this is Where not is he? at all. He's at the bottom Down of the from, line. 32. The line, 32 right and, here. <laughs> is that technically an edge? That's kind of funny. Actually. Yeah. Not, yeah, no, not how you set an edge at all. You, he jumps inside <laughs> and then just like, Hits his knees as the dude goes past him. Um, yes. I mean, that's, like, dude, that's, could, taking up, that's taking up bad space right there. That space doesn't. Well, it's yeah, dude, and it's just. I mean, you've got five, you've got a five man front. Yeah. Like you're in a five man front, which Georgia never is. So you've got plenty of help on the inside. All you have to do is play that edge and keep. You know, it's your job to turn all of that back towards your help. Mm-hmm. This is just a, I mean, it's just a good play by Kentucky and Levis. 
I like yeah. Christopher Smith kind of got lost on a couple of these, but yeah, he's played so much good football for Georgia. You and he made the tackle. Yeah, made the tackle. Yeah, he did make the tackle. Yeah, and when you get lost on those plays at that position, he did exactly what you're supposed to do, right? He turns and just runs, and you know, you know, you're going to give up the catch. You just got to get in a position to make the tackle. So is actually really good football. Um, Chambliss, the uh, missed I goal mean, drive here. No, it's not. This is a touchdown. No, it's a touchdown. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, they're about to score. A touchdown. Oh, this is the ninety-nine yard drive. Another one. I mean, look, look at again, guys. Josh, rewind that. I want look at. I don't want to keep banging on the guy, but look at over the top. Chaz, yeah, top yeah. of the line just comes bad angle, taking up yeah. bad space, no edge. I mean, come on, he just commits himself in the worst ways sometimes. Like, yeah. like it's like he'd rather, like I don't know, like it's like he almost like the way that you watch him move. It's like he's like, like. He almost plays it like an offensive lineman who's trying to occupy an opponent. Yeah, I love this just to go around. Yeah, again, I love I, this tackle right here. Yeah. By the way, I just it, we played so well all day. I mean, we give it up on the fourth down, but this is he's. I don't know. I just was. I, I thought we had held him here, and it was a. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a one of those mesh, you know, mm-hmm. rub routes or whatever, and he gets it. And I love it. That was just fun. Yeah. Fun tackle, good, good defense, and then not so good defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one hurt. Yeah, it's another pretty. You know, I mean, it's it's good play design, but it is a pick yeah. route. Yep. And honestly, Bullard is better off just running into that dude right there mm-hmm. and hoping they throw the OPI flag. Yeah. God, dude, Kenny ran so well in this game. So good. So this is like a little, this is like a little kind of stretch zone kind of concept, but like a, with a with a cutback on it. But like you've got, it's not really a stretch zone because you're not going the other way. But you've got your offensive line moving, all blocking down, and then K Mac just goes off that left side. Yeah, he saw this. He saw this before he even got the ball. Yeah, he sees it right there, and he's like, "I know where I'm going." Yeah, that vision, man. He was on it. And good job by Stetson, actually, like stepping to twenty three, like the way that he holds that mesh point actually helps that open up because it kind of gives the threat of him possibly keeping the ball that that defender can't totally crash onto McIntosh. All right. What happens the rest of this game? Nothing, right? We made a uh, a whole no. bunch a whole bunch of this right this here. A whole bunch <laughs> of this. Short yardage. Like, all right. Well, while this plays, if anybody sees anything cool we want to talk about, we can. I think we'll break some plays. All right. So it's it's Tuesday night. Rankings are released. Yeah. Bama goes to seven. Noteworthy or just another just another number, and they're not really in contention. Graham, you go I first. Know, 
I know you have a conspiracy behind this. Um, I don't have a conspiracy. I have no conspiracy at all. I think my conspiracy is they <laughs> suck at their job. <laughs> well, I mean, who, who, like, what, what are the Josh, what are the dog stats rankings? I guess that. Um, oh, I, I, I mean, like, if you're talking about actual teams, numbers, and all that sort of stuff, I've got them probably higher. <laughs> but well, no, I mean, like, who, who do you think should be ranked? Where, oh, you know? okay. Like, I think Clemson as. I don't I, really. I don't believe that snapshot bullshit that they say. This is a snapshot of the season ended today, which I've heard is one of those things. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't like it. I think if if I'm on the committee, I'm looking forward at what is likely to happen, and in which case, I would want the 14th. I'm you know like this. So I'm saying Clemson. I mean, I'm sorry, LSU and UC, uh, USC have earned a chance, if you will, to more than Clemson to play into it. But I believe that Clemson has earned a chance to be in more than Alabama. Therefore I would have Alabama behind Clemson because I believe that if Clemson wins out with one loss to a, a you know, a rising ranked Notre Dame team uh, should not have to try to jump Alabama who will not play in a conference championship game to make the playoff. So if, if Clemson wins out, they should, you know, they should be ahead of Alabama, and I just don't know how you calculate that out if you're putting them behind um, Alabama now. So that's that's my my really my only beef. But they're going to play the, 13 games, and Alabama's going to play 12. So an yeah. idle, an idle Alabama will get passed by, you know. But that's what I'm saying. That should factor into your ranking right now. You're saying that that Clemson's already earned that 13th data point. So therefore they should be ahead of Alabama. Like, why are we saying that's like, fair. Yeah. you know, and I did that because like, you can't, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. You, none of it's, it hasn't happened yet. So you can't like dock. I mean, I don't think Alabama should be number seven because they've been assy all year. That's why, like not True. just because they lost two games, but like they also, could have lost three others. Yes. They got taken to the wire by Texas A&M, dude. There you, you know go. Bad Texas A&M is. They there just, you like, go. They just screwed only around a with thousand UMass. people. Only a thousand people around. really know how bad UMass, they are. Dude, like for a half, like they could score on UMass. They had Bama one play into the night and done. And then we're gonna talk about like, oh, Alabama played Tennessee. Really close. Guess what, dude? Tennessee sucks. You know they're yes. not very good. Tennessee, we never like. I, there's some people that never thought they were any good because, like, some people actually think defense matters. You know, the number, the top three scoring defenses in college football right now: Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Tennessee was like 54th. Like, what? what you know, tell me the outlier. And finally, yeah. they got exposed by South Carolina. But Alabama. It's not that they shouldn't have a path to the playoff. They shouldn't, but like, like they shouldn't be anywhere near the top ten in any poll because really there's there out of reputation and recruiting rankings, and they haven't been good enough. Like they, it's not like they've just won the shit out of all their other games and had two close losses. Like no, like they could have lost those other three games as well. They have not dominated anybody but austin p this weekend you know like they didn't so, dominate austin p i mean they beat them 34 to nothing but it wasn't i mean come yeah on. they should have i mean it's austin p man like let's yeah, get p yeah, yeah. Throw, I, that I, listen, throw that out yeah. 
Yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're, you're exactly right. I think my, so Ross Dellinger from sports illustrated said that they, a couple years ago, they went and did like a mock process of this committee. It's where they, they were the committee, right. And they went in and did the thing. And he said, they went in and did all the stuff the committee does. And his take was, the process was more confusing and he had less trust in the process after going through it with this committee <laughs> and Bama being Bama being ranked ahead of, of Clemson. When you know, the 13th data point is already there is one example of that. It makes no sense where Bama it, is in this, right. in this top 10, none at all. And honestly, I mean, if I'm, if I'm being real honest, yes, SE, uh, LSU has played better. But it doesn't really make sense for LSU to be where they are. They got beat by 23 at home versus Tennessee. They beat Alabama on a two-point conversion. They yeah. they you know they, they 13 to 10 versus Arkansas. Like at the end of the day, the whole thing is just it's just it's just wild. Like you're in a you're place right where that. you know you know who's going to get the 13th data point. <clears throat> you know you know, which teams realistically have a chance of making this and don't, and you know all the chaos that would have to happen for some of these teams to make it. So just rank them that way. If you're going to rank them, like you said, the committee is doing nothing but setting themselves up where they're going to have Clemson jump Alabama if Clemson continues to win. And it just becomes this whole thing that's just ridiculous. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would start with, you know, maybe you wind down or what, I don't know, but you know, I get it. You got to make a television show out of it every week. For some reason, you've got to rank 25 teams for some reason, even though that who cares who's 20, who cares what 25, that's what the polls are for. Some, that's what, Someone please tell me who. I mean, so just rank the top six and then leave everybody out. And that way you can say, you know, it's a snapshot right now. These are the six best teams. It may change next week. And it doesn't matter if, seven and eight and then because then when when the shit hits a fan or you know rubber meets the road whatever kind of cliche boom you got clemson in like so anyway but you know well okay let's talk about the nuclear option for a second here well real quick let me just touch on what josh just said these rankings the reason they go all the way to 25 these are for bowl selections right so the reason that alabama is ranked where they are is like it's all like setting up for these bowls to be able to select the best team in this ranking so I would argue that the reason that it gets to 25 is for the committee to justify what they do with like six teams. Like they, they always like, like, you know, I mean, they kept yeah, like Kentucky in the top 25 for a while. And, you know, I mean, you've got like Ole Miss hanging right. around at 20. You've got, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, Florida no, State I just, at 16 might be yeah. legit. Like point being though, like, you know, I, I think they use the the bottom of these rankings almost to be like, well, like, why is LSU? Well, look, they beat you know, like they only lost by one to Florida State. They're sixteen. That's not bad. Like, yeah, but I mean, that's what the AP that's what the AP is for. You know, the committee the AP is- poll is just as garbage. What are we talking about? Let's be honest. Like all these polls. Suck. Oh, all right. <laughs> Agreed. I think polls are stupid. I think we're not. not all right. That's big. All right, but I will say though, like you're gonna hate this take, Josh, that I'm about to say, but like I do think BCS. Like, what we're talking about right now, yeah, we should go back to the BS. That's <laughs> totally different conversation. But like what we're talking about right now, like okay, Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a very good chance TCU loses to Kansas State. 
in the Big 12 championship game. LSU, let's assume they lose to Georgia, and that makes them 9-3. and three. Like, there's not teams that deserve to be in a playoff every year. There's not, man. There's not. No. There's barely four. Most years, the fourth team is a sacrificial lamb. We've had Michigan State in 2015. We had 2016 Washington in there. Like, we've had some really bad number four teams. We almost had Iowa one year. Like y'all, you just wait. Wait until you say I've been saying TCU is going to lose. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. Yeah. And they haven't. I mean, wait until Georgia plays TCU, and you're going to see how bad the number four team is. Like we're we're at that place. Yeah, and I mean, I I guess I in that Graham, sense, I, Graham, look, I don't actually think it's that bad a take. I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's 12 teams that can win the playoff. I, I'm not. That's now. I actually don't think I've ever said that. So. But I I think this this situ this whatever this the way we do it is just dumb. I I, I just say if it's remove subjectivity to it. And the only way to remove subjecti- subjectivity is to expand the playoff. If it's the four best teams that then they they are going to play their way in. And I think there should be a reward for the regular season and conference championship, and that would be a buy and potentially home field. I just think there's a better way to get to the four than what we're doing. I'm not going to tell you that. That number twelve. I don't even know who number twelve is. Penn State, I think, is eleven. So we'll just say Penn State. Penn State might actually have an upset or two, or might. But I just think the entire the entire postseason we'd be way better, more valuable if we just lined up more teams to play for something instead of going and you know throwing two teams in the Bowdoin Bowl. That's all. That's all I've said. I, I, I yeah, I, I won't I won't relitigate that because <laughs> we've we've had that conversation too many times on air. But I I do think looking at these playoff rankings, like I am genuinely curious. Do like I, I honestly at this point looking at the other options, if if Southern Cal wins out, I think fine, put them in. I think that's entertaining. They're a big brand. Like, you know, I think Georgia Southern Cal on a neutral field is a cool matchup or, you know, a Southern Cal and whoever. But other than that, like, I'm sorry, Clemson is not deserving of being a playoff team this year. The ACC is trash. Like, you know, I I hope TCU wins out because they're they're fun, but I don't know if they're going to. Like, I, I guess the point I'm trying to get at here is, like, I don't know that I really would have an issue with a loser of Ohio State, Michigan, just staying parked. Okay, well, that you, answer, you answered my question, but, again, that's the thing. It's like one of the teams is guaranteed to lose. I mean, I, I you know, and USC's got a hard-ass path to go. I mean, Notre Dame is playing as good at football as they have all year, and they got to go to the Pac-12 conference championship game. So, if I mean, it's like – how can you say that USC doesn't deserve to get in over the loser? That's the thing that I hate. It's like you've got the Pac-12 champion who has been behind them the whole year long, and then all of a sudden we're just assuming that Ohio State and Michigan are the two and three best teams or second and third or first and second, whatever it is. We're just assuming that one of those teams deserves to get in, and Michigan's record is, uh, uh, you know, is schedule is hot it's garbage. terrible. It's terrible. Hot yeah. garbage, Joe. Yeah, no, it's really and good. the and so I just hate that assumption because of all these subjective polls that has been telling us all year long that you know they they played one of their best teams at home 
and barely got out of there with a win. You know, and you can tell me about Blake Corum wasn't in the second half. You can tell me all this stuff, but it's like I just don't think that they have the body of work to to say unequivocally that they deserve the four seed or the three seed over Clemson or over USC or or maybe even over a TCU one loss team. You know, like what if TCU loses to to Texas or to Kansas? I believe they have Kansas this week, and then they go, and then they Iowa they State. Beat, they got Iowa State. Iowa, if you have yeah, Iowa State, Iowa yeah. State, so <laughs> Iowa State can't score. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. you know, my, my point is, it's like I just hate the subjectivity of it, and it's like we're putting four in there, and it, and like we can't keep going. <laughs> well, the, the challenge is right. You you're trying to justify a full body of work over the course of a season, when in reality you have teams like USC who their the schedules fall differently, and yeah momentum and who's playing well at what time and all these things it's just very difficult to to be to 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 put to not put subjectivity on it when you have all of that happening but at the end of the day like my biggest issue and y'all just got me started on it these people so they're athletic directors like who are actually doing big ass jobs at these schools do we think they are actually watching anything? You know, like they've got some staffer watching film, making notes that they're going to this committee. They don't, these guys aren't watching tape. They're sitting there leaning on, you know, actual. Uh, our show. They're leaning on our yeah, show. Our show. They're watching our show. And uh, yes, yeah. I see you, boo. They read the advanced stats from Dog Stats on Dog Central. Bro. And they were like, all right, net, net YPP, like, We've got to keep, you know, Michigan up here. Like that's what's happening. And I don't like I don't know the man. I don't have any sort of beef with him, but like how are you gonna make a bunch of decisions and then trot a grown man named Boo out to answer for <laughs> your actions? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, bro. That doesn't legitimizes all of it. I'm North Carolina, man. Like I know people with some 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 names. I mean, I got I got a wild <laughs> name, I guess. But shit, like dude's name is Boo. Yeah. Well, Boo's like, from North Carolina, but, right? Yeah, he's NC State. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I guess the end of all of this, like, I do think we're talking about a year where, you know, I like there's three good teams. Like, well, there's last there's, year was the same. I think there's two good teams. Honestly, last year there were two. Yeah, I'm not convinced that Michigan is a good football team at all. Yeah. Um, Especially when you're talking about in comparison to Georgia, but I just I look at like what just happened with Tennessee, and I think about all of the like bad faith actors, you know, all of the like. There's some Tennessee media out there who, let's be honest, like they've been waiting a long time to have this amount of excitement and interest in the team that they cover, so they played this up and acted like it was. We're not talking about you, Mike Griffith. You're cool. Sorry. All right. That was not talking about anybody. (laughs) I know. Yeah. We know. But yeah. Like like, I'm talking, I'm also talking about like the dishonesty. Yeah. And just like the plain hucksterism of going and writing pairing Tennessee to 2019 LSU. Okay. You can Google it and figure out who it was. But like that type of shit. Like it does feed into these rankings. You can't tell oh, me it yeah. doesn't. It absolutely it no. does. And like that perception and that enamoring 
Enamoring is not a word. Ow. I don't feel like the enamorment with the offense and all of that. And instead of like really looking at it, like I put the shit out of South Carolina last weekend. And the reason I did it is because I went and looked at the 24 seven sports composite rankings and I realized he was number 19 and South Carolina was number 20. And you were talking about two teams with roughly equal talent playing in that football game. And at the end of the day, no one ever wanted to acknowledge that because it's like, oh, look, Tennessee's back. What a great brand they are. You know, look how exciting that is. And and I think that it's intellectually dishonest because reality is you're talking 30-something percent blue chip ratio roster and uh, an offense that is not new. It feels new to people, but we saw it with our Bryles way back when and our Bryles Baylor teams with similar amounts of talent to 2022 Tennessee would play a team with a defensive line twice a year and they would get bogged down in the mud. And, you know, at least Baylor had like respectable defenses some, some of the time, a lot of the time, but just point being like all of that, all of that Twitter nonsense, like all the dishonest feeding into the, the lesser. that that came into a number one ranking first out of the gate, which was a stupid ass ranking number one. It's like those teams were literally playing each other that week. The defending national champion was undefeated. You ra- yeah. and you gave them the number one thing, which gave them the which path to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a gift for Georgia emotionally. But I'm like, what you gave yeah. Tennessee a path to lose that game to get in the playoff, and how do yeah. you not? And you gave it to them for nothing because they beat Alabama. No, because they beat Alabama, and because Correct. everyone thought. Alabama is Alabama, and they're not, as we've already established earlier in this conversation. And, like, in Alabama, you know, honestly, like, the, the market has corrected itself somewhat for Tennessee after they got shit housed to the tip 63-38 this weekend. But Alabama is still sitting there at number seven because that, you know, script A is sexy and reliable to this committee. And I'm sorry, but, like, I look at all of this – just the way that Josh does, I look at all of the net yard per play and relative and all of that stuff. And the truth of the matter, like, and I look at the tape. And if you turn on the tape, this Alabama team isn't isn't good. They're just the, not. They're not very the good. Tr- the truth of the matter is, teams five through eleven of this week's college football rankings, any of those teams could beat this Alabama team. Like, like they, that is there is a lot of parity, and that. When you put that script, right I think there, Kansas State with some hell too. Yeah, and you, well, yeah, and and that shouldn't, you know, what, and, number twelve. And Alabama's eighty nine percent blue chip. <laughs> number twelve. Let's let's light them up. Let's play them. Alabama, Kansas, Kansas State. State's, let's yeah, go. there you go. That's your first round. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, but you I, you're right, John, and I, I think the point really there is that like after four or five in these rankings, you can basically play like fifty two pickup. With the whole deck, and it really doesn't matter what order you throw. Because oh no, no, you're, I mean you're 100 right. Because it all, I mean, literally, it falls off a cliff somewhere between three and five, and it's just flatlines out in terms of offensive and defensive production. Never however you calculate EPA, success rate, yards, yards per play, whatever it is, they they all flatline out to 22 to 30. So you're 100. Yeah, and they're all. I would imagine if you put LSU through number. 25 Louisville on a neutral field and you know I I don't know you might you might eliminate Tulane from this conversation 
but you put those teams on a neutral field five through 25 and I bet it's, it's within a touchdown spread for basically all of them. Yeah. And if you played it a hundred times, it would be 50, 50, you know, or, or somewhere, somewhere between somewhere within 60, yeah. 40. Yeah. I had I something agree. else to say, but I forgot what I was going to say. So maybe save it for uh, any, any like thoughts you guys have about uh, any of the, the games on the schedule this weekend um, or Georgia, Georgia oh. tech. Um. Georgia, Georgia Tech. I'm actually a little kind of want to see our offense hit some strides, but I guess we're going to be in a rain, rainy game, supposedly. Yeah. Yep. So don't. 90% maybe. chance of rain. Um, I, you know, one would think we would go out there and handle our business and, and let some guys play, but I don't know. I, I don't really have a strong feeling after watching the Kentucky game. It's sort of, even though we put up some points in the Mississippi State game, uh, you just, yeah. I feel like, you know, there's a potential for, uh, uh, a limited playbook if but i am very excited to see ucla i'm sorry usc notre dame i'm jacked about that um what about ohio state michigan uh i was a little more excited about it before last week it's quorum out i i can't I, is, is, <laughs> oh he's playing is he gonna play yeah um i think two weeks ago or three weeks ago i was all in on michigan was gonna you know that i i just think i just don't think michigan's that good I don't think they're that good, but I still won't be surprised if they beat Ohio State. Because Same. I think, I think Michigan's going to be more – I think they're going to be more physical. And I think if if they can get that run game going, I think it, they'll make it an ugly game and, and have a chance to win it. Hey, you um, guys want to talk about an all-time wouldn't it be hilarious situation is uh, what if Texas A&M beats LSU on Saturday night? That's – listen, I'm going to say this. And people will say they want. I don't think that's that far out of the realm of possibility. I don't think College Station. It's a night game. It's one of those like you got the SEC championship on the horizon. LSU is not that good as I've already established. Um, yeah, that would be an all timer. What if South Carolina lights up Clemson too? That would be. <laughs> what if it's not an aberration? What if Marcus? Marcus Satterfield coaching for his life because uh, South Carolina fans wanted him rode out of town on a rail two weeks ago. Uh, what if he's able to beat Tennessee and Clemson back-to-back games? That'd be wild. And then it's like a Malzahn situation where he signs like a giant extension because of like a three-week span. Well, yeah, the OT. They're stuck yeah, well, you, well, you've got Shane Beamer, the, <clears throat> the offensive coordinator, right? So – all of South Carolina's fans yeah. want him out of town. Now you got Shane Beamer like giving him game balls for calling good games. <laughs> like I, that guy's gonna end up calling well, the game and end up being the offensive coordinator again. Yeah, nah. Tennessee's defense shouldn't be the litmus test of whether or not no. you know your offensive coordinator's worth a shit. Definitely not. Um, Vandy, Tennessee, kind of interesting. I don't know if that's actually very interesting. Happen. I hate you know I like in all of this Tennessee talk, I, we shouldn't overlook the fact that it, it definitely sucks that Hendon Hooker got hurt. Like, he's made yeah. this college football season more fun and more entertaining. Um, he's a great kid. Good story, great kid. And in the era and, of name, image, and likeness and Portal, he's he's the exemplary character in terms of just doing everything right. Came into yeah. Tennessee having lost, you know, like with the changing and coaching and got picked over for uh, and waited for his time. And is, you know, he's written some, he's written a book with his brother and just, you know, he's, he's just an all around great college story and athlete. And I hope he gets a full recovery and gets a chance to, to prove his uh, value in the NFL. 
Yeah, so I mean, I guess all that does bring up the fact that Joe Milton is one of the more like erratic experiences in college football, I believe. Like, I mean, dude's a freak athlete. Like when that deep ball is hitting, it's hitting. But uh, you know, I, I mean, sometimes I watch him play and I just laugh because like just these passes will come off his hand. Like, you know, I mean, it looks like a freaking ninety-eight mile an hour fastball. Like yes. rolling through the middle of the field, um, so I, I think that game has a, some major like potential to be erratic. Um, I, I am excited for Apple Cup. I'm a huge Apple Cup guy. I love the Civil War as well. Oregon, Oregon State, underrated. Uh, we already all those games game. matter, right? Those games matter big, right? They actually, yeah. no one's clinched a spot. Has USC clinched a spot? USC has had USC a class because that's an, has. yeah they have because they're out that's an out of conference game but I think Oregon there's or, a lot of scenarios yeah Oregon wins are in but yeah so back twelve is obviously all eyes on it it's really a you know I don't know I'd like to see I'd like to see I don't know do you uh, want USC in or not I'm, I'm sneezing I mean why not I don't know who else Putting in, man. Like LSU. Selfishly, I am really as as a Georgia fan. I would love to play USC. I think I mean, it'd be fun. I really would. I when think it'd I was be cool. in college. It was you know it was 07, the year that Georgia played Hawaii in the Sugar Bowl. There was a lot of talk about a, a number three getting... Georgia versus number four USC Rose Bowl. Yep. And I was so pissed, you know. Yeah, and I think a lot of the Josh gets mad. (laughs) Josh gets mad at the internet. Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Georgia, Georgia. The theory I've always had about that game, though, is that they didn't they didn't make that matchup because the winner of it would have had a legitimate shared national title claim uh, in that 2007 year, where everyone had two losses at least. So, yeah. but I remember yeah. sitting in a bar in downtown Athens, like the, I think it was, it was the weekend after Thanksgiving and, uh, or maybe like the Monday or Tuesday after Thanksgiving, it was the week of the SEC championship game. And I was talking to Matthew Stafford and he said that they want to play USC in the Rose Bowl, but it didn't happen. So maybe they can well, do it now. Fun. Georgia's 0-3 all time versus USC. Last time they played was 1960. Um, that doesn't even count. So I know, but would would be would be nice to uh to break the streak. Nice yeah, to play a team that you that you haven't beaten, that'd be nice. I mean, I just think like the we're talking about a pretty good uniform matchup too, man. Like in the all whites, not all whites, excuse me, but in the whites, and then yeah. USC and the traditional cardinal red or whatever. Scarlet, that would or whatever be, it is. That see, that, that's an interesting point that you bring up, though, because Georgia would technically be the home team as the number one seed in Atlanta. Would Kirby Smart and Mercedes Benz choose to play in the whites? <laughs> I, I would if I was him. I would too. Georgia's record is insane, but no, you know Kirby. Kirby's going to try out those reds, man. Kirby's a. Wait, Kirby's a, did, did Georgia wear whites or reds against Oregon this year? Red. It was a they red really versus. Wait. It was a red versus green 
situation. It was a good. It was a good looking uniform matchup. For it's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we did at least see Georgia break the streak of uh, losing to the Reds. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, guys, anything else? Any other thoughts? Pearls of wisdom? Oh, before we go, uh, I mean, like, I I need some sort of hot Thanksgiving take out of you guys. What's the goat goat Thanksgiving side or, you know, what what pie? Well, give me your pie, favorite pie. Pumpkin. I like it. I like pumpkin pie. I like pecan. I like apple. I like all the pies, but right now I'm, like craving, I'm craving pumpkin. Man, my wife makes the old-fashioned chocolate pie. It's like the the. It's kind of like the chocolate pudding, you know, with like the meringue on top. And Dang. man, that stuff is the best. It's the stuff that you get in in you know. Uh, I used to stop in the like middle of Tennessee, driving somewhere in a little diner, and have a cup of coffee and a piece of chocolate pie. But it's that kind of chocolate pie. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. I got a pro tip for my man, Gator Hater. All right. If you're frying a turkey, go get oh. you a pound, pound and a half, whatever it is, of the thick yeah. cut peppercorn bacon. Okay. And as your oil gets hot, drop it. You cook the bacon in the oil. You season the oil a little bit, and you've got deep fried bacon to munch on. Pro tip. Dude, that is a pro tip. Yeah. Shout That's out. That's the best way to end it right there. Thank you, John. Uh, yeah. That is the best way to end it. Uh, gentlemen, have an excellent Thanksgiving to all of our uh, listeners and viewers and uh, especially our Dog Central family of subscribers. Thank you so much for your support and for uh, giving us a reason to make this content every time you consume it. We are very grateful for you all and look forward to uh, breaking down down a lot more Georgia football with you as, and, as we close out this season. And to hell with Georgia Tech. To hell with Georgia Tech. <laughs> Happy thing.